0: Hey everyone, I'm so excited for our episode today. We have an amazing guest, uh, Jeff Orick. He's a longtime client and a friend of mine, uh, writer, producer, and director. If you get value out of today, I would love if you would leave us a review. Let us know what you found valuable. I know you're going to get a lot. There's so much good stuff in this conversation. Um, And also feel free to leave any questions that I can address in future episodes. So let's go ahead and get started. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I am super excited today because I have the most amazing guest, Jeff Orig, who uh, literally inspired me to have a guest on on this. I know when I relaunched this podcast, I said I wasn't going to do that. And then um, Jeff is a longtime friend and uh, we work together and all these different things. And he was working on some really cool stuff. And I immediately was like, I need to help share this journey. It's so amazing. So thank you, Jeff, for coming.
1: Wow, thank you. I'm very honored to be here.
0: So I did want to just kind of like do a little intro for you. I took some notes from your website, just some highlights. (laughs) But um, (laughs) so Jeff is an award-winning writer, director, and producer. He's won dozens of awards. I was scrolling through his website and I was like, okay, there's like way too many, Um, but includes like finalists in Sundance, um, the Pelly Awards, uh, Chicago, you got into the Chicago Comedy Film Festival, You've done documentaries for the Smithsonian, uh, director of Open Your Hearts Wide, uh, wrote, produced, and directed Waikiki PD part one and two, gone viral on YouTube, um, gone through pre-accelerators, Flown <laughs> internationally for filming projects, and like obviously just done a lot of really amazing things, and recently launched a podcast, The Success Shortcut. So um, I guess to just kind of kick off, do you mind telling my people about your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Uh...
0: <laughs> Isn't it weird to hear it like read back to you? And you're like, hey, "Yeah,
1: that? that sounds great." Wow, that's very cool. Thank you for, <laughs> for doing that. Uh, I don't know where. Where do we want to begin? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what yeah, about my well, entrepreneur like, um, journey? Do you want to me to talk about?
0: Um, Well, let's see. How long have you been an entrepreneur?
1: I think probably since college or oh, high school. High school, like right after high school. Um <laughs> I did like do you know what cutco is
0: Oh my gosh yes <laughs> yeah yeah I
1: think I think that counts and then like and then me and a friend we started like a car detail business that lasted for like 2 weeks Um Oh my
0: gosh that's amazing
1: And then um and then in film school I started a production company with a friend um but then that's when I learned like not to have business partners But then I I made that mistake again. I after that I started a company with two other friends. Um, This was in it must have been like two thousand, yeah, like in two thousand, and we started a a company called Split Second Sites, and we made basically what Squarespace is today, but back in two thousand, we were we were too early. So like if you. Hear about uh, there's some TED talk, I forget the guy's name, but um, he's been like part of some of the biggest startups, and he thinks timing is like the number one uh element to a startup success, and like you can either be too early or too late, and like you can fail, even if you have the same exact idea as like someone else that succeeded, so um. Like we full on made this a website that made other websites. So you would just like sign on, you would pay a monthly fee. You could pick from these templates. You could like uh, add and like, you know, add photos and the whole deal. Like it's full on what Squarespace was, is, um, yeah. but we made it in 2000. So we was like 15, 20 years too fast, too early.
0: That's amazing. How did you fall in love with film?
1: Um, oh, man, I guess that started when I was a kid, like, uh, I saw the first Back to the Future, and Marty McFly had like a video camera, that was, uh, uh-huh. uh, what's that guy's name, Michael J. Fox's character, and yeah, when we got home, I was like, oh, mom, dad, can we get a video camera, and like, they resisted for like a year, but finally, like after a year of like asking for one, we finally got one, And then I just, like, made all my school, like, I tried to convince all my teachers, like, can I do this as a video project? And, like, um, and then I would just, like, shoot, like, stupid, silly videos with my my friends and my cousins. Like, we would shoot, like, basketball videos of us, like, dunking on, like, a lowered rim. Or, like, um, we made, like, a Star Trek, like, our own little, you know fifth graders making star trek or whatever maybe that was sixth grade and then like um i shot like a cops um you remember that show cops i don't know if you know this show cops yeah yeah. was like one of the original reality shows so we kind of made our own little fake cops thing like me and my cousins or whatever so just all kinds of random random stuff and then um when it came to picking a major in college like i didn't know what i wanted to do it was either that um film because i like you could get like a film degree or Mm -hmm. i wanted to like make houses and i thought like oh maybe i should become an architect but um i don't know how to draw or can't draw well and i didn't know um i now know or i've heard that you actually don't need to know how to draw as an architect but ended up going to film school and i kind of haven't looked back since so
0: yeah that's crazy it's weird to think about like those like small like it feels like small decisions that you make based on something that you're just kind of like oh yeah I can't draw, but like that, like changes like the entire course of your career. Um, yeah. I would probably be an internationally known architect as well, but uh, I'm glad that you went to, to film. How, like, how did you start like your film businesses? I mean, you went from to telling. I know there was like some real estate in there for a while. So, like, that's, been oh, yeah, that's right. I know. You didn't I didn't even talk been, about like, the wake up day. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, I, okay. I guess it always came down to, film is, has been, um, my true love, I think. And, um, everything has been in service to that film career. So like you mentioned, I did do real estate and and real estate development for actually a, a fairly long time. Um, but even with that, that was like, I had this naive idea that I would um make millions in real estate to in order to finance my film career. It didn't work out that way, um, because making millions in real estate is much harder than it sounds. Um yeah. And but I like I said, everything I feel is in service to for me, my true love. And um I'm a big believer in you use everything you know. so the the massive lessons that I learned from real estate were about marketing. uh they were about sales uh, and business. And because I I like to me I look at that as like that was like an MBA that I got from my real estate career. Um,
0: yeah,
1: and super valuable information. like if you learn, how to sell and if you learn about marketing and you learn about business and like the things that go into running an actual business and that's those are lessons you can use like in any entrepreneurial venture
0: I love that so what is it about like I know that you love like the technical side of film um are there yeah. other parts to it that you really enjoy yeah, and like completely
1: for for me like you said like i do love sh- like the technical side of it like i love um the gear but i i mean absolutely i love like i there's so much about the filmmaking process that i love from um like the imagery that we create to the emotion that we evoke from our audience like it is a huge thrill when i'm in a room full of people watching my work or like our work and then they're responding in ways that I expect them to respond. And then in ways that um, will surprise me. So like, you know, sometimes like we make comedies some, you know, for like half the things that we do. Right. So when we hear the audiences laugh, when I expect them to laugh, like that's awesome. And then when they laugh at jokes that like, I didn't know were like going to be funny. (laughs) Like that's even cooler too. Right. And then there's times where like, they won't laugh and we miss. And to me, that's, that's interesting in a different way. Cause then it's like, oh wow, like I had these assumptions but they didn't respond the way that I assumed. Yeah, and um, that's interesting in a a different way.
0: Now, part of like the mission um, of like your company, cause I know you had Mm -hmm. your wedding um, video company for a while and then um, you kind of like shifted gears with org. So you have org media and you have org entertainment. So can you explain really quickly the difference between the two?
1: Sure, org media is when we make basically marketing videos and like um, training videos for companies and nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And then org entertainment, that's more um, narrative content that we're making. Oh, I guess it could be some documentary stuff in there too. But that's more typically more our original um, intellectual property, our original IP. Uh, but it, we are collaborating with other uh, writers and producers to make um, their projects as well. So we're re- working on a um, on a feature film with a a writer executive producer based here in Hawaii. Um, we'll be shooting that this summer, and then we're currently in a in a crowdfunding campaign for an episode of a series that. originated in Washington and Canada, um, and we're like crowdfunding right now for an episode to be made um, by us, written by me and and, and a friend of mine um, to be filmed here hopefully this year as well. So hopefully that crowdfunding campaign is successful.
0: That's amazing. So I know one of like the, you know, just through our conversations over the years, like one of your like missions um, for your companies is to share voices of others who might not have a voice. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, um, you you put it, uh, you've said it well, but maybe some specifics around it, like we're really trying to help tell Um, Asian American and Pacific Islander stories um, from our point of view and you know oftentimes in traditional media or mainstream media the stories that they tell about us are stereotypes or um, just not good I don't know and I think like, you know, we should definitely be the ones in charge of telling our own stories. Um, so I want to help tell our stories and I want to help empower other people um to tell our stories as well. And you know, our stories run the gamut, of course, like we're part of the human experience, right? So um, yeah. you know, we're not simply, um, like minor characters in in someone else's, um thing story right or whatever so anyway that's kind of like where uh and what we're trying to do
0: i love that so tell me okay so obviously like we see the passion and like some of these projects and you know like amazing things going um we'll definitely talk about the uh kickstarter campaign that you have going on a little bit later but one thing that's always like in Interesting to me um, is that you like there's a balance between being an entrepreneur and being a creative, right? Like mm-hmm. the work that you do takes an amazing amount of energy. Um, how do you find that balance and what does it mean to you to like find the balance between being an entrepreneur and building a business and building a brand? Um, and then also being able to like create your best work.
1: Okay. First off, I, I'm definitely still learning. Um, uh, yeah. I don't have it uh completely dialed in yet, but we're I mean, we've achieved some successes for sure. Like our company has been around for uh well, 12 years now. Um, and like if you look at the statistics, most small businesses fail within the first 10 years. And um and we've we've surpassed that. And I think we'll keep going no matter what. Um so that's a level of success. We're not at the at the level that I, I want us to be at. Like I want us to be making movies and TV shows and series at the highest highest possible levels where it's like world class and like we're world uh, renowned for our work and I'm confident we'll get there with all that said like I think we're we're still we still have a ways to go. So sorry now I
0: track the question because I was like, streaming oh, oh, a little bit there
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, so uh, so, yeah uh, uh, as far as finding that like peace and that balance between Uh, like creative right um you know kind of calibrating in between the two um i guess are there any tips for someone because we all
1: deal with it or another yeah i here's what i think um i think you use everything you know and then i'm a believer in strengths finders i don't know if you've read that book i think you have um and if, if you're Audience hasn't read it, go read it. It's a super quick read. Like it's actually shorter than like what how thick the book is, really. Um, yeah. But in that, in that, this was a study done by the Gallup organization. They interviewed some ridiculous number of people. I want to say it's like in the hundreds of thousands of people, where and they found that you are better off spending time improving your strengths than trying to improve your weaknesses. And and they believe as like through this study that you're better off becoming sharp rather than well-rounded, right? So you're sharp in like the areas that you're strong in rather than trying to become well-rounded. And so I've tried to take that to heart. And I try to focus on the things that I'm strong at. And then I try and bring in team members that are strong in the things that i'm weak in Mm -hmm. and 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 ideally it's the thing that that's their dream job that they like uh obsess over that thing and that they seek to be world-class in that thing and um so in terms of like a tip i would say uh do that like if you are like incredible at um, meeting people and creating connection with people, but you're terrible at like sending emails and following up or, you know, doing like admin type stuff, like go do that thing you're super strong at. Cause like you can go find like someone that's super strong at admin and super strong at um, emailing and following up and like doing those things that you're bad at. And then like it most likely they're not good at the thing that you're good at and you guys would make like a wonderful team and then you add in the other pieces that are missing it's just like i don't know if you're like super into sports or whatever but like it's just like how sports teams are built like you don't have all um i love basketball so we'll we'll use basketball as the example you don't have all guards all point guards um you don't have You know, all of like the one position, you kind of mix it up, right? For a variety of reasons. And it's the same with with entrepreneurship and and business. Um, Robert Kiyosaki calls uh, entrepreneurship and business a team sport. And I agree, like, and we need to all fill different roles. And um, so in terms of the creativity, the way that I use it, um, I believe that's one of my biggest strengths when it comes to business is that we're extremely creative like and creativity in my opinion is like is about making something from nothing um we're like the smallest tiniest like scrappiest business you can um ever see but yet like we're working with like you said before like the Smithsonian and um making feature length films and and all these other things um with incredibly limited resources, right, and that's just because of being creative. I if so, if you're like me, then like use that to your um, advantage. If you're not like me, and, and you're like, because there's people that consider themselves consider themselves not creative at all, like go build the team around you that can fill in those uh, those deficits.
0: I love that. Any tips for like how to get into a creative mode? Like I know for myself, I go through that and I have my little tricks, but I'm sure you have some as well. Like when you're like, oh, it's time for me. It's, I need to work on writing. You don't always feel like writing or creating. How do you get yourself into that creative headspace?
1: Um, I guess I learned this lesson from a couple of different places. So uh, one of my writing mentors, as well as Uh, through some famous interviews with Jerry Seinfeld on this. Um, I guess Jerry Seinfeld puts it, he tells the story of when he was starting out as a young comic, he um, would be walking down the streets of New York and he noticed these construction workers just working. And he thought to himself, wow, these guys show up Monday through Friday like seven in the morning till you know four in the afternoon or three in the afternoon or whatever and they do that job no matter what and he thought like they don't necessarily love that job like and so he thought i should work on my joke writing at the at the very least to the same extent that that construction worker is working on his job that he doesn't even like and so he just started writing jokes every day from like nine to five. And then
0: wow.
1: he, he made a, um, he, he, he would buy a calendar and then he would just like every day X out the days that he did that. And his goal then was how long of a streak could he make? Like how many days in a row could he keep going uh, where he wrote jokes uh, with that kind of dedication? and. I mean, it makes sense. Like, if there's anything that you want to get done, like, you should at least put the effort in that, like, a a W-2 worker would put in at their job, right? Yeah. And so I approach it that way. And, like, um, writing professionally and doing anything professionally means you do it when you're not in the mood. and Uh, you basically find ways to do it. And so for us, for me, the way that I do it is um, something that I learned from my writing teacher was, uh, I do a timed writing. So it's similar to like a Pomodoro, if you're familiar with the Pomodoro technique. Favorite, yeah. Yeah, so for those that don't know, um, Pomodoro, you basically set a timer. Usually I think it's like 20 minutes. um, And then you focus on that task for that set amount of time, and you don't do anything but that task. So my teacher, uh, th- this was before I've heard of a Pomodoro. I don't even know if she knew what a Pomodoro was. Um, she was actually a the exec- uh, yeah, one of the executive producer for Bette Midler's movies. Um, she was great at like story consulting and like teaching the craft of spring writing. Um, and she gave us this exercise that we would do every week in our class where we would do a 10 minute timed writing so she'd create a prompt for us you know like tell us uh, write about the weakness of your main character um, for 10 minutes and the rules are is that you have to keep your writing instrument moving no matter what for that entire 10 minutes and and if you can't think of anything you literally have to write um i can't think of anything right now and just this stream of consciousness and so what ends up happening is you will write beyond the quote writer's block, um, because what writer's block is, what I believe, is people giving up and moving on to something else before they kind of write through it. So, in many cases, like if if you didn't have that ten minute rule and you didn't have that that thing where you just got to keep your you're writing an instrument moving, whether that's pen uh, or keyboard or what have you, um, you will give up when you can't think of anything. And then you'll be like, oh, let me come back later. And later can be 10 minutes from now, 15 minutes, uh, the next day, next month, next year, right? And so then that's how people get blocked is they just simply block themselves and they don't write through that little thing where they just can't think of anything in the moment because what eventually happens is that something will occur um and whatever you're working on that day like whether you need to work on your main character's flaw or like the strength of the villain or various plot points whatever um, something will happen and I'm not saying some days are harder than others. Like, absolutely. There's days where maybe I'll write, you know, three or four sentences other than like, I can't think of anything at this, at this time. Um, and then other days that will turn into like multiple pages of, of like notes or usable, usable, um, writing. So the short of it is Pomodoro technique. The long of it is just rewind the podcast.
0: Yeah. I love that. I mean, uh, I started using times, like I would time myself doing things before I even knew it was a technique, like all the way back to like when I was, um, doing video editing when I was like 15, um, where I would just like work. I usually I would work for like, uh, 50 minutes at a time. Um, but now I do like the 25 minutes, but, um, that's also, I'm such a huge fan of journaling and just like writing things out where I'm just like timed writing. I'm like, make yourself write for, you know, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. And just like, keep going because like it always comes out you know you just have to give it a little time so but the way you put it was just like really amazing so let's shift gears just a little bit and um so we met each other do you remember when we met i remember yeah i,
1: think I about remember it. It, was, it was uh the- it was Go some ahead. event for uh what was that called
0: yp oh, so- for chamber, right what was it i think it was a yp brown Uh, oh yeah young professional chamber and i was trying to remember how long ago it was though because i want to say it was oh 10 over over 10 10 years at least yeah
1: something like that at least
0: yeah because um because i was like doing the math on it and i was like i like was still working for a non the nonprofit that i was working for um and so you actually like volunteered some time and like ended up shooting some amazing stuff for them um But yeah, so like over the years, let's, we'll just say a decade, it sounds like nice and easy. Um, One thing I've been so consistently impressed with, and I think one of the reasons that we have like consistently stayed in each other's lives, and like, um, we actually are part of a brain trust, and we meet and like talk about ideas all the time. Um, But is that like, is the consistent growth where it's like, it's never kind of like, oh, I thought it was going to be this way. It, it didn't work out exactly the way I wanted. Like now it's back to ground zero. It's always just kind of recalibrating. And like, you know, I think we both believe that it. it's like, you're never starting over again. You're just like kind of building what you already have. Um, and then one of the other things that we have in common is just like passion about like working on mindset and mm-hmm. like, you know, all of those things. So how important is mindset um, to you in your entrepreneurial journey?
1: I mean, for me, it's everything. Uh, I, I mean, I I think a lot of people would agree that it's, it's everything. And then, and for me, it's a, it's a continual. I don't know if struggle is the right word or battle, but those words (laughs) come to mind. Um, It's, it's not. You know, I'm not sure if, uh, if there's really anybody out there that's like, they always have this incredible mindset, this incredible attitude and like work ethic and, and all these things. Uh, I definitely don't feel like that I'm among those people. Like, I don't see, uh, myself there that like, I, I do have to continually cultivate my mindset, my attitude, um, because I'll, I'll fall into times of, um, low energy and, uh, or even like times where it's like, oh man, what am I doing? Uh, should I go like move to New York and like get into finance and like make money that way. Like you know, do the most traditional okay. type of like corporate career possible. Like why am I this like entrepreneurship is not for everyone and um and maybe it's not the wisest decisions. Um <laughs> maybe there's 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 got there's I, I have to believe there's actually easier ways to build a career i'm almost certain of it um but for whatever reason uh you can't work for somebody else and like you have to make your own thing um i think mindset's like so important so i'm a i'm a huge huge like consumer um and practitioner of uh, Self improvement things. Uh, my biggest influences are Tony Robbins. Um, there's a book called The Answer um, that is by. was that Murray and I forget the guy, the other guy's name. It's two two authors. Um, Psychocybernetics, uh, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week, and what else? I don't know. Those are the main ones. I I like some of Robert Kiyosaki's stuff, not all of it, but uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So good. So one of the things that um, we've talked about is like in the past has been like the success formula. And I know that there's like a lot of different Mm -hmm. people have put out different versions of that. There's more than one way to get there. Um, I purposely didn't engage in that because I was kind of putting together my own formula um for like myself and my clients or kind of usually what I do is I'll do something for myself and then if it works I'm like oh does this work for clients and if it does and I'm like cool then like more people and I did a podcast about it a little bit ago but basically it's just kind of the process of looking at like you know two kind of like high points in your life a couple of like low points in your life mm-hmm. and then kind of going through and looking at like what was happening during that time well you know where was your mental health physical health your relationships so just like every area of your life and just kind of like really diving in and then from that being able to cool like there's like very clear patterns and what I found that a lot of times is that the things that are clear that in your high points they're both there there's probably an opposing piece in the low points um when it comes to like you know, even like movement, like working out or being healthy or like what kind of information you're consuming or what kind of people you're around, like all of these things. And I know like last year, um, you had kind of worked on your success formula and you really committed to like engaging with that and making that work for you. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that process?
1: Yeah. First, thank you so much for introducing that, um, concept to me. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anyone put it, um, the way you put it, and it's it's been an extremely valuable tool because I think what it does is it recognizes that each person is different, and the way we work and the and like how we succeed, it varies from person to person. My success formula is different than yours and everybody else's, right? Um, so, I and I, I love how you looked at it from that perspective of like, okay. When you when you have succeeded, what was happening? How were you doing it? What were the things that were working? And then when you struggled or failed, uh, what was happening? And then you can then kind of shift and hone whatever that successful meal is. Um, So for me, like I've I've put that literally at the center of a chart that I've created for our company, and then like how our company, um, how I want to like make our company work. And then I actually realized it was yesterday as I was updating this chart, um, that that chart is falls in line with something I learned from, uh, from Anthony Robbins, uh, his uh, RPM formula, uh, results, Mm -hmm. purpose and massive action. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Sorry. What, what was it, or what was it? Oh, I just was no like, right kind of like, I got to write like, these
0: down. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> that you, so you liked that process. Like, how yes. was it like implementing it? Because I will say one thing, oh. cannot stress to people enough, like how important, I'm like, if you can really get that, I think that is one of the best free tools that's out there, like that I've put out there personally, but just like, yeah. even with clients, are you looking at it daily? I swear mm. for myself, whenever I'm feeling like out, I'm like, I can look at that and I can say this is, this is out of alignment right now. And I can like address it very quickly.
1: So there's a variety of tools that I use. Um, well, one of them is this, uh, it's an idea from, I've heard it from Tony Robbins. I've heard it from the book, the answer even, I think, uh, what's that one? What's the original OG, uh, thinking Grow rich. I think it's in there oh, yeah, of like yeah, yeah. doing a recording of yourself with like affirmations and and these ideas or whatever, and like placing reminders for yourself uh, throughout your daily life, right? So Mm -hmm. I've done that where I've like recorded it and like played it back like while I'm in the car. Mm -hmm. And then um, I actually have it as an appointment in my calendar as a daily event. Um, And that appointment is my actual like that's the main place where i keep this living document of the success formula so it's a living document because it, i'm continually fine-tuning it um adding or subtracting or rewording in order to like as i i un- begin to understand or continue to understand um my own success formula um i i'm not perfect with it by any means like I'm not always applying it every day, 24 seven, um, but I want to, and, Mm -hmm. and I'm still, these are the ways that I've tried to implement. And then, um, one other tool that I heard from Tony Robbins is that like, never leave the site of where you set a goal without taking some action toward that goal. Um, and we meet on a regular basis, um, through, you coaching me as a, as like, I have hired you as a, as a coach, um, as well as we meet where we do a brain trust where we're, uh, mine, what is that called? Uh, masterminding together, Mm -hmm. um, for each other as well. So, um, when I do those directly after the meeting, I always try and do something that like, I either said that I was going to do or help me move towards, whatever goal or, um, thing we can, that I'm working towards. Um, there's also another guy, I the name is this author. He wrote a book called, um, the millionaire real estate investor, as well as the mil- millionaire real estate agent, uh, Keller Williams. I, I, I think it's Gary Keller who wrote the book. Um, Berlin. and, but of that company, Keller Williams, one of the biggest real yeah, estate yeah. companies in the world. Chucks. What was the lesson that he taught in the book that I was trying to bring up? Um, <laughs> he I forget. Anyway, there's all kinds of tools everywhere. (laughs) Use use what you can. Um, I love that. Yeah, I know. I have a million of these things because it's like another one that comes up, comes to mind. There's a book called, I think the one thing. Uh, I think this is also Gary Keller. And he says to like, um, just every day you just focus on getting one thing done. But that one thing like, you make your list, you kind of like brainstorm out your list out of that list. What's the one thing that's going to give you like the biggest amount of results. Um, and then go do that one thing. And it could be the hardest thing and the thing that you're dreading the most, but like, if you go do it and get it done, like your day will be super satisfying. And like, you'll like be that much closer to whatever you're trying to achieve.
0: I love that. Well, I mean, kind of going off of that, the one thing, I mean, um, for people who are listening or maybe feeling like, oh, my gosh, there's so many tools. That's a lot. It is one thing at a time, though. You kind of learn something, you add it to your repertoire and then you're like, okay, cool. You kind of perfect that thing as much as possible. And then sometimes you just use it for a little and you put it in your toolbox and pull it out later. But it is like just kind of how you like how you tackle the whole thing. Like, I don't know. I think I, there has been times where, uh, cause I've been a you know full-time entrepreneur for decade now. And um, you know, being in that there's definitely been times where I'm just like, this is dumb. Why do I have to keep like learning lessons and like exploring or digging deeper? And then like, I really shifted and looked at and like, no, like We're such complex people and like as we grow and we hit all of these milestones, like often because we're entrepreneurs, we're not even realizing that like how far we've come. So it's like Hmm. looking at the reflection and also just being like that is also just part of the journey. Like not only are we constantly experiencing new things, but like also shit happens and layers get added on like a little onion letting personal development and like working on yourself and your mental health like be part of the journey without it being this thing that you can just check off your list and like be done and set to go. Um, I think it really is like a lifestyle thing. And um I think that some of the most like successful entrepreneurs that I know, I'm sure you can be successful without ever working on mindset. But um, I feel like most people have really put that work in there and just keep like one tool at a time. So thank you for sharing so many amazing tools. I'll try and link um some of those in the show notes as well. Um, I I want to honor our time. I guess like one of my last questions was like a little bit um about your journey with coaching. Like how has that been for you and how has that been as a tool?
1: Can I just add something before we move on? Is that okay? Just real quick. There's this uh another book that I kind of live by, uh e-myth Revisited and basically mm-hmm. in that book he talks about like how companies like McDonald's have created systems and there's like systems of systems. Um, so this is something that we've tried to do here too. And then I'm just continually trying to build our systems, but in that, like through entrepreneurship and there's no rules, like you can go make your business, however you want to make it. Like you don't have to start at nine and end at five because that's how everybody else is doing it. Like we'll do 10 to like, I'll do 10 to six because that's better for traffic. And like, you know, I can do whatever. So, um, but with that said, like, you can build in systems where you're making your success formula, whatever that is to you, the system that your company follows. Or it's like every person in your company follows their success formula is the system. So creating it like in a systematic way also helps get rid of like, you don't have to, it gets rid of decision fatigue. Like you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel every single time. Um, I love
0: that so much. Like, I'm such a big fan. I'm like, if you're going to go through all the fun and the heartache of building a business, like build a business that you love. (laughs) Like, You don't have to follow, you know, like try and like fix this, like go into this formula that somebody else's and like you're miserable and like, you know, I'm like, don't, let's not do that. I mean, I did that with my first business. That was my lesson learned. And now I'm like, no, this is like off of how I work and when I'm happiest and I'm most creative and like all of these things, my success formula. It's like, I get to build it that way.
1: Exactly. I mean, because I'm, you know, if we're not making money and if we're, we're not being fulfilled in one way or another, then why are we doing this? Like, there's easier yeah. ways to go make money. Like, you could go get a job somewhere else, and like, you know. But there's pros and cons of that. Like, if you maybe you can be whatever. Anyway, um <laughs> you ask about like coaching. Is that uh, and
0: oh uh, yeah, just like your yeah. journey with coaching it's uh
1: i mean i've heard the example before like you know the greatest athletes in the world like tiger woods and michael jordan all had coaches and they couldn't have like achieved their level of success without their coaches and that's that's completely true it's it's the same with like in in writing it's very easy to see the flaws in someone else's uh writing than it is to see it in your own writing for whatever reason we're just sort of blind to it Uh, Because we're like too involved. So it's always good to have this like third party perspective on what's happening. So that's like one element of it. The other element of not only is there that third party perspective, but then hopefully you have a great coach that has all kinds of experience, all kinds of knowledge, all kinds of tools that they can share with you, teach you, give you to help address the things that are happening in your business or in your life. And then also like the routine of it, it's just like working out, right? Like what we, what we, what we, what is it? What we measure, what we observe gets measured or how, I forget the exact saying, but like, if you're focused on it and you're looking at it from week to week, it's something that's going to uh, hopefully improve uh, because you are. And like other, otherwise, It's just so easy for things to be neglected and not addressed. And before you know it, like months have passed, maybe years will have passed. And it's like, oh, that was a thing that we wanted to do. But we got sidetracked by all this other, uh, what is that, Uh, urgent but not important stuff, right? Uh, Those have been some of the, the benefits of it. I mean, it's, you know, for me, the business is... And entrepreneurship is a very psychological, uh, Mm -hmm. there's so much that for me, and maybe a lot of entrepreneurs that is about the mental, it's about the attitude, it's about your energy, it's about the ideas, and then the execution of those ideas. And, And so much of that is like, mental and psychological coaching is a form of like, business, like, therapy if you will like it's therapy (laughs) I I like that business
0: therapy (laughs)
1: yeah and it's like therapy for you know business people and entrepreneurs and business owners um you know it's just like with a lot of things through therapy it's like you sometimes need someone to talk to um just let it out and then a lot of times you need not only to let it up, but then you need someone that can give you perspective and give you tools and and ideas. But then also sometimes like in the act of taking time to uh, work on your business rather than in your business, you already have the answers inside. It's just that like maybe you're so busy with the day to day and being in the business that like you you haven't had time to hear yourself think. Um, about the business and working on the business. So, yeah, these have been tremendously valuable, uh, benefits from coaching that I've received. And I don't ever see not having a coach like coaching comes in so many different formats. And like you can hire someone like Sharon, or you can create like a board of advisors, you can go find like coaching from your small business development center and like, and all of the above, like why not have more perspective and help than less? Like it's (laughs) worth it. It's an investment, you know?
0: It is like, it's, I don't know. It's so powerful. I do believe in like having, you know, like I, I switch back and forth between coach and therapist, like always having someone that's like their job is support into you and like objectively like help you with the area that you're working on the most. And then also like accountability, um, you know, so brain trust masterminds, like your peers are so, so important. Um, like, so yeah, I believe in like lots of different, and then doing things like on your own as well. And like kind oh, yeah. of tracking your wins, like, because you don't remember, you don't remember how far you've mm-hmm. come. Like if I were to go back and look at first meetings for most of my clients, like it's Wild and once in a while I'll do that and be like, hey, do you remember when like this was your biggest issue? And they're like, oh my gosh, like I was worried about that. And I'm like, yeah, but that's okay because that's just where you were at at that time. Yeah. And now you're thinking about grew. this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's so exciting. Um. Well, what do you like? What's next for you? How can we find you? How can we support you?
1: The immediate thing is we are doing this Kickstarter. It ends so it ends on the thirtieth of June, twenty twenty three. Depending on whether you're listening to this or not. And if you want to learn more about me, maybe uh, jefforig.com is a good place to start, or you can go to orgmedia.com or orgentertainment.com, but any of those places will kind of help lead you to different facets of what we are doing.
0: And then maybe subscribe to your podcast, like... Oh, that's right. I know know you're in a hiatus right now, but like, yeah, yeah, for context, like... um, I was so excited. Like I've been telling Jeff to start a podcast for so long. And and the other day we started it and it kind of got added to my queue. And the other day I listened to podcasts when I'm driving or like getting ready for work and stuff. And it came on and you you were talking, I think, about confidence. And I was just like, there he is. And I was like, this is so good. I just like, it just like had me so hyped up and everything. And I was so excited. And I was like, the world needs to hear this. And, um, it's just like yours. It was so honest and laid back and like, you're like, yeah, like, let's just tackle this topic. And then it was like, and it was short, it was like 15 or 10 minutes and everything. So like, how has that been like, you know, putting your voice out there in like a different media.
1: I think that was good. Uh, where, yeah. So season one is completed and where I'm not, I'm working on other things right now. So that's not um a big top of mind thing for season two yet um but i'm just glad to kind of have put it out there and then yeah we'll we'll, we'll see maybe I, I i guess i am collecting more um episode ideas and things that i want to chat about and discuss and then even talking to you today i'm just like oh maybe there's like other things that we can still keep expanding on but yeah it's been good i'm glad to have done it i'm glad it's out there and then uh yeah, then maybe we'll, we'll create some more additional seasons coming soon.
0: Well, I'll be waiting for that. Awesome. Any final words before we log off for today?
1: Uh, no, but like, if you guys have been thinking about working with Sharon, absolutely do it. She's an amazing person, amazing, uh, business person and marketing person and, uh, somebody you definitely want in your corner. If you've been thinking about it, go for it, do it. This is, I am the encouragement that, and the rationalization that you've been waiting for. It it is worth the investment. Uh, And if you haven't been thinking about it, start thinking about it because it is, like I said, it's worth it.
0: Thank you so much, Jeff. I'll put all the notes in there so you guys can connect with them. And uh, that's it for our episode. I will see you guys soon. Thank you.
1: Bye.